Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode. And today, zooming in from beautiful Barrie, Ontario, we have Mr. Hugh Evans, who is a real estate entrepreneur, like all of our guests, with a very interesting story. We're going to talk about some of the challenges that Hugh has overcome and what he's up to today in real estate investing. So, Mr. Hugh Evans, welcome to the call. Nice to see you. Thank you very much, Dave. It's great to be here. Well, my pleasure. All right, Hugh. So it's all about real estate. It's all about property. It's all about profits. Tell us what inspired you or got you into real estate investing in the first place. And I'm thinking just by the sound of your accent, I don't think you grew up in Barrie. So there's probably some interesting backstory there. Go for it. That's correct. I certainly did not grow up in Barrie. Um, as some of the audience may be able to tell, I'm originally from the UK, actually from Cardiff in South Wales, if anybody knows Cardiff. And I've lived in Canada for about 22 years, actually 23 this November. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so I basically did the old fashioned immigrant thing. Um, I came over here. I had nothing. So I was able to basically cash in my life savings to get a visa to come here. And I basically started from scratch. My family thought I was basically mad. Um, a lot of people thought it would last maybe six months, but uh, I'm still here 22, almost 23 years later. So I must have done something right. <laughs> well, Hugh, just, just out of personal curiosity, because I lived overseas for a number of years myself, not as long as you, yeah. but I, I lived in Mexico and Central America, specifically Costa Rica, altogether for almost 14 years. What was it that inspired you to pack up and, and leave good old jolly England? I think it was just a sense of adventure because um, when I was younger, I had traveled quite a lot um, and I was looking for the future, looking for more opportunity, looking for more options. So if I decided to have a family and have children, I wanted them to have more opportunity and options than I did. So that was kind of really the prime motivator. And I, and I felt this sort of gravitational pull across the Atlantic. It's, it's really hard to explain, but it was kind of like it was something that I needed to do for better or worse. Nice. Well, it sounds like it's worked out pretty well. So that <laughs> that is great. All right. So you got here 23 years ago. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, was real estate top of mind right then or just figuring out what the heck you're gonna do? Well, at the time when I first came here, again, this is going back quite a number of years now, it was hard for for new immigrants to establish themselves. So it took me a long time to establish credit. Um, yeah. so buying a house wasn't really on the cards. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to establish a uh, career as well. So I had to sort of take our jobs at first and, and that was challenging as well. So it took me about three or four years before things started to move forward. Um, I kind of was interested in real estate almost as soon as I got here because I saw the houses people had and I thought, wow, this is incredible compared <laughs> to what people could buy in the UK at the time. Right. So that was really something that, that I was looking forward to. But to be honest, Dave, I didn't think I'd ever be able to buy a house in those early days just because of my situation, getting credit. My income level wasn't that high. And it was kind of this sort of pipe dream. But I understood that if I could buy something and have a mortgage, I'd end up you know, with an asset and I'd end up paying less every month than I would be paying rent. So I kind of understood that from an early stage. But how to kind of make that transition from being a renter to being a property owner, that was kind of the challenging bit. And I remember that um, my girlfriend at the time and, and then my wife later on, um, we would go around and drive around the neighborhood looking at houses that we liked and somehow imagined ourselves being in a house like that one day. So that was kind of a, a thing we did. But again, we never thought we'd be able to do it. So it, it, it was kind of like a, this interesting situation. We had these aspirations and dreams, but we just weren't sure how we could get there. 
Yeah, that is, that is cool. Well, I hope you're, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's funny how that works. It reminds me actually, Hugh, back in the day when I moved back to Canada after living overseas for all that time, I kind of started out in a similar boat in that I didn't have bad credit. I had zero credit like you did. I had to build it up from scratch, self-employed. So the banks hated my guts. I had to rent a place and I can remember my uh, now ex-wife having a very specific kind of house in mind. It was a nice house on a cul-de-sac up in a certain area of town, yada, yada. I thought, ooh, it was kind of snob hill for us, right? So that was our aspiration. And voila, about three years later, still didn't quite have the credit for it, but got into that exact kind of property creatively with, with no money down. So, uh, well, sorry, with no bank, with with owner financing for the down payment, which was a big help that helped me get a, get get financing there with the bank. So that first property that you guys got into, that was your personal residence. When did you start transition transitioning into revenue property? Well, so that came a bit later. So we purchased our first property in 2008, um, which was an interesting time. And, and at yeah. that time, I worked in the automotive industry. I ended up losing oh, wow. my job. So oh, my I had God. to start my own business, like right in the 2008-09 recession. Oh, it was uh, very, very challenging. Um, and then sort of looking at sort of investment properties, that didn't really happen until about 2015, 2016. So basically, long story short, um, my marriage ended up falling apart. Sometimes it happens, right? And, I hear you, brother. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that was happened. But I did get a beautiful young boy out of it. So who's now 12 years old and, and he's doing extremely well. So and, that was and, your, and your ex-wife probably got a very nice house out of it. Oh, yes, she did. I mean, she she got basically a McMansion out of it, which was nice. And and I would go and see this thing. And I thought, well, I'm paying for that, I guess, you know, it was. <laughs> but but any, anyway, so yeah. getting back to sort of real estate. So basically, we split up, um, she moved on. And I was trying to buy my first house on my own, because obviously, we'd bought the previous properties together, we right. had two incomes, and it was easier. Yeah. And it was much, much harder to do it on my own. But luckily, I'd found a great mortgage agent. And I actually found this mortgage agent um, sort of by accident in a way, because I was at a uh, an automotive uh, service repair shop. A friend of mine ran this automotive service repair shop. And he had an open house one day. So he had this car clinic and he had a bunch of activities. And there was a real estate investor there as well. Yeah. So I ended up talking to her and, and kind of just to figure out what was all this stuff about, because I figured, well, I need to plan for the future. I need to find something that's solid and has a potential for good returns long term. I didn't have like a, a government or a corporate pension. So obviously this was something, you know, kind of becoming more of a priority for me. So I ended up having a conversation with her, had a meeting at her office. And they put me in touch with this mortgage guy. And this mortgage guy was able to get me my first house on my own, which I closed on in 2016. Nice. And that was when I kind of started going to real estate seminars and kind of hooking up and networking with people because my mortgage guy was a real estate investor and he told me about this stuff. So I kind of got going to these events and meeting new people and learning more about the crazy world of real estate investing. Yeah. And at first it was terrifying. You know, I thought, of course, I've just bought my first house. I'm paying my, my ex-wife child support and money and everything else. I don't really have two nickels to rub together. I'm just above 
water right it's now. Just, I'm just yeah, keeping just myself keep afloat, you know? Yeah. But something was there and I knew that I could somehow do this. I just didn't really know how. So the more seminars I went to and the more people I talked to, the more I learned about a concept called house hacking. Mm. So what I ended up doing was I had this house and I was lucky that I bought it in 2016 when the market, certainly in Ontario where I live, was going up crazily. And for some reason, I must have been very, very lucky because I got this house below market value. So Got some instant equity in there. Yeah, yeah. So I paid, I think it was... um, 305,000 for this house and it had been listed at 330 or 320 originally and I took took it to my mortgage guy so I've got this deal I've got this house I want to buy it and he goes well that's great we can finance this for you so I thought this is fantastic I've got my own house and I'm kind of at least somewhere like I'm I'm better than nowhere I'm not living in my car right yeah so so this was something and the market kind of grew over the three years I had the house so from 2016 to 2019 it increased in value and I talked to my mortgage guy and I said, well, I've got some equity in the house now. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, based on the the real estate research I've been doing and the people I've been talking to through these networking groups and making new friends, I'd really like to see if I can buy a duplex. So basically I can live in one unit and rent the other one out. He says, that's a terrific idea. So I started looking around. This was probably about 2018 to see if I could find a duplex. And and I wanted to be in in the city of Barrie, which is where you know, my ex was and where my son was basically going to school and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a challenge because the market kept going up mm. and I kept looking for properties and every week it seemed they were becoming more and more unaffordable. And I thought, what am I going to do? And yeah, so dating wars and all this stuff that was, yeah, going on. yeah. So it's starting to go on. You get, get some massive <laughs> fear of missing out going on there too. There was a bit of that. So anyway, so push came to show and I said, you know what, I'm just going to put my house on the market see if it sells and just go from there. And I did, it went really, really quickly. I got a good solid offer on it. And I call that first house on my own, like the three year flip, because it was like having a flip for three years. So I bought the house, did some minor work to it, you know, tarted it up, all that kind of stuff and sold it for significantly more than I bought it for. So I had even more money. And now of course was a challenge of trying to find a new place to, to live. Right. And I was getting down to the wire because the, the closing on my house was coming and I still hadn't found another place to live in. And I was almost out of ideas and almost out of answers. But I went on Kijiji, which is an online classified site looking for you know private sellers. And I found a small ad and it just said duplex for sale in Barry, blah, 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 blah. There was no picture. There was no website. There was no email. There was just this phone number. <laughs> was it a FISBO for sale by order? Yeah, it was. It was absolutely. So anyway, I thought, well, this probably this place is probably a wreck. It's probably been abandoned for 20 years, you know, but I've got nothing as, to lose. As everybody point. else thought at the same time, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. So I thought this is this is not going to be good, but I'm going to go and see it anyway. It was on a long weekend in the summer. So I went to see it and brought my son along with me. And when I saw it, my jaw dropped. I thought, this is absolutely perfect. It's a solid building. It's in good shape. The price is reasonable. It's across the road from my kid's new school. Wow. It was perfectly located. It was like I was meant to have this property. And nice. so and so I negotiated with the owners and we had a deal. Nice. Very good. So, so we closed on that in October 2019. Okay. And so I moved right, in. Right before the COVID hit. Right before the COVID hit. So, yeah. but we, we got in. Um I inherited the tenant from downstairs when I'd moved in. And so it was an up-down duplex type. That's thing. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, but she was struggling to pay the rent. I think that was one of the reasons they wanted to sell it. Plus, 
the owners were getting up there in age and they were looking to kind of downsize and sell some of their assets. So anyway, so I got the property. She came to me, I think, probably about four weeks after I moved in and said, you know, I want to move out. I can't really afford the rent anymore. I've got to do other things. I said, that's absolutely fine. So I was like, oh, okay. So there's a little bit of income already gone. So I thought it was back to square one. And then I started thinking, well, how am I going to get it re-rented? Because it was a good unit. It was in decent shape. It needed some work. So um, I started looking around for good property managers. and, And I was luckily I was able to find one. And that really kind of helped me move forward. So we worked on a plan. I got contractors in, you know, they did some reno work downstairs in the unit. And, and by, I'd probably say by November, December, we had it ready to go. And then we lucky, we, we got a tenant in for January the 1st, 2020. So I was really, really super happy. I thought, this is brilliant, fantastic. Off we go. And at that time, um, I'd got to know the owners a bit because obviously we've gone through the process of selling that right. house. And I realized that they own the one next door as well. Uh-huh. And they were looking to sell that one. And they said, we didn't want to do both at the same time because we didn't want to get penalized with capital gains. So I said, you know, I'd be interested in seeing if we can put a deal together to buy this one off you as well. Mm-hmm. So it can help you. So I was able to negotiate a price and I signed the contract. I think it was the end of December or early January 2020. And I locked in the sale price. And I was really, really lucky because shortly after that, you know, COVID hit and the market just went absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. So they had to honor that sale price. And then the other problem was obviously I'd maxed out the amount of money I had available myself. So I needed to find a, a JV partner to come in with me on the, on the deal. So that was kind of a bit of back and forth for a, a few months. I found one guy who I thought was good and we were almost there and we were about ready to go. And then he pulled out last minute. He said, I can't do it. I was like, yeah, oh, what are we going to do now? Right. And so, so then I was talking to some people that I knew really, really well. And I told them about my situation and what I was trying to do. And they said, we would love to help out. Nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so we talked about it. Um, I took them in to see my mortgage guy and, um, you know, he got to know them and they, they said, this is great. I think this is a perfect match. This is really going to work. So they came with a down payment and then we closed on that property in October, 2020. And so, and I remember the day it happened and they popped by to visit and we had a cup of tea at the kitchen table. It was the most wonderful feeling in the world. I thought, you know what? I'm really starting to get somewhere in life now. This is really starting to, to work. Nice. Yeah. So it was really, really amazing. So that was fantastic. Of course, it needed some work as well. Like these properties always need work. So I remember spending basically every night and weekend for about six or seven weeks, just painting and decorating and fixing things and doing all that stuff. But we got that one ready. I think it was about February, 2021. Yeah. And then we finally got it rented in March that year. So it was fully rented in March. So that was now we're using property management again for that, for finding. I was, yeah, I was. Yeah. Because obviously I was working full time and you know, People had told me, they said, if you can find a good property manager, they're worth their weight in gold, which I absolutely believe 100%. I hope you, know, hope you found one. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. It's been excellent. I've had some great tenants. I've had not and, many and, issues. And, and have you grown the portfolio since then or where are you at right now with your portfolio? Yeah. So I kind of grown it since then as well. So mm-hmm. what happened was um, in 2021, because of all the, the craziness in the market, the prices of the two duplexes that I had like shot through the roof yeah and so I wanted to see well would it be possible to sort of do a cash out refi on one of them to take some money out and then use that to buy another property 
So I did some kind of, you know, investigating and I talked to my mortgage guy and I said, well, is this possible? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. He said, the rates have come down. You've got a ton of equity in these properties. If you want to do that, you should do it now. This is the time to do it right now. So there was some back and forth, back and forth, but eventually we did it, pulled the plug and I refied it in September, 2021. And I was able to pull out, I think it was about $120,000 in equity, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I got the money out and then I was figuring what to do with it. Now, I had a lead on a property up in Aurelia, which is not far from Barry. It's about half an hour north of Barry. Well, there's this kind of very old sort of century house that had been converted into a triplex. So I had been looking at, at doing a deal on this property because it was a fairly, fairly priced. I knew the sellers, but I went to see it. And sometimes when you go and see a property, you just think, you know, maybe not, you know. It's not what I kind of envisioned. And then it got more complicated because as far as I understood it, I was going to be first in line to put an offer on the property. When I showed up that day, there was already somebody there talking about purchasing it. So I thought, you know what, the more I got into this deal, the more I didn't like it. So I was like, you know what, I backed away. Yep. So, but I still had this money. And then of course, you know, I figured out what, what am I going to do with this money? I don't want to just put it in the bank because obviously inflation erodes cash over time. I need to make it work. And so I uh, started looking around for other properties. And then just by chance, I was having a conversation with my property manager one day. I said, you wouldn't by chance know anyone who is selling a house or property needs to get rid of one. And he goes, well, actually, I do. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah. So what happened was I said, "I I have this property. It's up in Midland and we manage it now for the owners. But the owners live in Australia. They're elderly and they're trying to sell this house. Mm. And so, but it's complicated because they have to do a, some, a power of attorney agreement on the property right. because they live overseas. They had somebody helping them in the, in Canada, but they were not related. So it was a very complicated process. And he said, what's happening is that most realtors won't touch it because they have to go through this power of attorney process. And there's some issues to deal with and it could take a long time to actually sell the property. And I said, well, at this point, I'm just looking for a good property. I have this money and I'd be willing to work with them. You know, can you put me in touch with the the facilitator? So he did. And I said, I'd love to come and see this property. I'm interested in buying it. And she goes, "Okay, well, off you go and and everything else. So my property manager took me up to view the property. And it turned out out to be this uh, end unit three bedroom townhouse in Midland, which is about 40 minutes northwest of Barrie. And I walked in and it was, you know, as built. So it was builders paint still on the walls, original carpet, unfinished mm-hmm. basement. There was nothing hidden. Everything was in plain view and it was solid. It was a great little house. And I thought, yeah. So I put an offer in and I and I went under. I was actually quite cheeky at the time. You know, I thought, you know, <laughs> I should get in there and, and, and sort of put this offer in. And I thought she's not going to accept it, but she did. And my, my jaw almost dropped to the floor when that happened. But I thought, this is incredible. Um, but she said, you understand that there's some caveats with this property that it's complicated because the owners live in Australia and I'm helping them trying to sell the property, but we've run into some problems with a power of attorney agreement and all this kind of stuff. And I said, look, I'm willing to work with you. So how, however long it takes, I'll help it, help the process. Along. Plus it had tenants in there already, right? It was, it was, it, it did, it yeah. did. Um, the problem was, though, that they'd been in there a long time. So as obviously uh, in Ontario, you know, when tenants come in, it's great when you can get new tenants in. But if you buy a property that had tenants in for a very, very long period of time, the rents tend to be low. 
And the only way that you can really get the tenants out is if you move into the property yourself mm. and you have to move into it for at least a year. So I decided, well, what I'm going to do then is I would move into the townhouse as an owner occupier. I would rent out the unit in the duplex in Barry, and that's what I would do. So I worked on this plan um, and it took several months before we could actually close on the property. But we finally got the power of attorney things straightened out. And then we closed on the property in June 2022. And so I moved up to Midland and um, rented out the uh, the duplex in, uh, nice. in Barry. So yeah. we did that. And then it went well for a few months. But then, of course, what happened is I, in order to get that property in Midland and do the refi, I had to take out variable rate mortgages. Mm. And of course, what happened was the rates started to climb and climb and climb and climb. And then we got to the sort of towards the end of 2020. And then the tenant that I had in my unit in Barry that that moved in when I moved out, she lost a job. So she had to move out. (laughs) And so I was faced with a situation. I had a vacancy in Barry and I was in Midland and I was driving back to Barry a lot because obviously my ex lived in Barry and yes, not to go to school and everything else. So it was a bit challenging. And then it got to the point probably this year in about April, I was looking, the mortgage rates kept going up and up and up, but I decided to lock in both the variable rates that I had. I was lucky I was able to lock them in at a fairly decent rate, um, considering. So I was able to do that. But again, still, it, it ate into my cash flow and it ate into you know, my, my, my revenue. So that was kind of a problem. Um, and I talked about a problem lots of people have had these days here. That's well, sure. I, yeah, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, I'm by no means the exception. So it was it was one of those challenging situations. And it was one of those moments where you think, well, you know, I've got to do something here. So what am I going to do? So I decided, well, I'll tell you what, I will rent out the townhouse because I've been there for a year. Yeah. And I'll move back into the duplex in Barry. Okay. So that's basically what I did. Um, and it happened fairly recently. So I moved back to the duplex in May. Um got the townhouse all ready for, for rent and new tenants moved in in July. And so, so what, are, what, to... are, what are, what are the plans moving ahead, Hugh? It sounds like you got a nice little, yeah. little portfolio going and you're getting the hang of, of being a, a real estate investor and you've got outsourced a lot of the pain of the butt stuff, which tends to be property management. So what's next? So my, my next thing, Dave, is I'm actually looking to start in the U S oh, yeah. so I've been doing yeah. some, preliminary uh, inquiries and and research into that. And I've picked an area where I think is going to be a good long-term opportunity for, for growing my real estate portfolio, which is uh, Georgia, specifically the Atlanta region. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we've, got, to we've make... got several, several clients in that area. It seems like it's a very good market. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking at now. So I did a, a sort of a recce trip to Atlanta last fall and met up with some people and, and got to meet a realtor, a property manager, um, and a lender as well. So I'm starting to sort of lay the groundwork. And the thing now is obviously because the rates have gone up so much and it's much harder to get properties that cash flow, we have to be very more strategic about how we're going to do it. But the goal is to try and get the first property either at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. And we feel that there's some opportunities coming, you know, provided you stay on top of the market and where to look for. So Fantastic. that's where we're at. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, Hugh, time flies when we're having fun. If people would like to connect with you, what's your preferred way that they do that? Probably the best way to get a hold of me is via email. Uh-huh. And uh, so my email address is hevans, so H-E-V-A-N-S dot aqua, A-Q-U-A at gmail.com. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on 
on what you've accomplished coming out of a, a rough spot personally and financially and, and making things happen and, and taking charge. I, I think that's fantastic. Thanks, Dave. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.